Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Atlas of the Heart by Benet Brown. Mapping Meaningful Connections and the Language of Human Experience. This is one of those books where I feel like you can just open it up to anywhere and gain some insight because the chapters are divided into different feelings and things that are pretty common for humans to struggle with. Some examples of chapters are things like places we go when we feel wronged or places we go when we search for connection. Chapter one covers things like stress, being overwhelmed, anxiety, worry, excitement, dread, fear, and vulnerability. Throughout this book, Benet really defines different feelings and what they are. And I think this is super helpful uh, as a therapist. I know that when we put language to our feelings and we're able to say, hey, we're feeling overwhelmed versus stress, then that helps us with emotional regulation. Therefore, what's so great about this book is it gives us the language to understand our feelings and some emotional paradoxes. Benet Brown talks about the paradox of emotions, that you can be completely confident at work, but crumble when you have to talk to your partner about something emotional. It helps to accept these paradoxes. For example, to not think you're strong all the time. There are points when we get weak, even if we're strong in some areas, and that is okay. Another big takeaway from this book is not only to recognize different emotions, but to be able to take time out when you get flooded by emotions. Things like fear, anger, and stress can shut down our rational side of the brain, but if you give yourself time to process, then you're able to better make decisions or communicate with your partner or loved ones. So let's get into the fun stuff and start naming some emotions and putting language to it. So Benet Brown says that we feel stressed when we evaluate environmental demands as beyond our ability to cope successfully. This includes elements of unpredictable, uncontrollable, and feeling overloaded, which is slightly different than overwhelmed. Overwhelmed means an extreme level of stress and emotional intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. Therefore, when we're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, it seems that it relates to our perception of how we're coping with current situations and not necessarily the reality of how we're coping. And then we have our friend anxiety, which is defined by an emotional characteristic of feeling tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. And when we have anxiety, we often have worry because they go together. And worry is described as a chain of negative thoughts about bad things that might happen in the future. So one thing we do to combat anxiety is a little strategy called avoidance. We simply avoid the anxiety by either not showing up or spending a lot of energy zigzagging around and away from the thing that's already feeling like it's consuming us. Unfortunately, avoidance often just ends up hurting us more, hurting other people, 
or it actually causes anxiety to rise higher and higher. The problem with avoidance is that you want to feel comfortable so you avoid doing or saying things that evoke fear and other difficult emotions, but avoidance will make you feel less vulnerable in the short run, but it will never make you less afraid because it only reinforces the avoidance pattern and gets you stuck there. So what's the antidote to avoidance? Well, it could be partly vulnerability. And vulnerability is the emotion that we experience during times of uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure. And as Benet says, vulnerability is not a weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. This book also talks about comparison, which in this modern day with social media and all our technology and news, we often compare ourselves to other people. And comparison is not an emotion. It drives all sorts of big feelings, though, from feelings about our relationships to our self-worth. So what can we do about it? Since comparison says, be like everyone else, but be better. We can actually take our power back by choosing how we're going to let comparison affect us. Yes, you do have a choice. Some of the ways you can respond to comparison is to just simply admire someone else and wish them well and see that even though you may have different skills and abilities, that that doesn't define who you are as a person or defines your worth. In the book, Benet also talks about how she feels like she's always walking on eggshells, or she used to feel like that, because she's very sensitive to other people's mood and is very in tune to the world around her. And I personally can relate to that because I am sensitive to other people's feelings. So she tried really hard, Benet tried to drown out these feelings by drinking too much, partying, and keeping busy. While she did that, she did succeed in numbing herself, but it also meant her world got blurry. She couldn't really observe what was going on with people, and she felt underneath fearful and anxious, and she was scared of that pain. So by taking the edge off, she also dulled her superpower, which was to read people. So instead of numbing, it's really about cultivating meaningful connections with people. And there's a lot of different skills you can learn in this book about how to do that. And these examples are knowing and applying the language for human experience and emotions, which if you buy this book, you will have a lot of definitions for different emotions and what they really mean so that you can use them correctly and start to label your own emotions. Other things we can do are things like practicing courage, staying curious, practicing humility, compassion, and empathy. In fact, in this book, Benet Brown identifies 87 human emotions that she explains in detail. So if you think about the Eskimos and how they have so many different languages for different types of snow, because it's important to their culture, because they get a lot of snow, Hey, it's important to humans to know the language of what you're feeling 
so you don't take everything and categorize it as I'm feeling bad and you throw it all in the bad bag or I'm feeling good and you don't even know why you're feeling good. Some of the good lessons I loved in this book is that comparing ourselves with others and not dealing with our anger and disappointment is what's hurting us most. So anger is one of those common emotions that we typically know that we're angry, right? We know when we tend to blame everyone around us and we feel wronged. However, this negative emotion holds us back from achieving things like inner peace, calm, and it also can steal our happiness and harm our relationships. So how do we learn how to transform it into something else to actually understand what's under the anger, which in this book, it has a great diagram of everything that could be under anger, which is often hurt. Or disappointment. And disappointment occurs when we can't meet our own expectations or others don't meet our expectations. Setting a high bar for ourselves can take us places, but sometimes it can also hold us down. When unmet goals turn into things like shame and anger, it's good to recognize that you're going in the wrong direction so you can shift the steers and start sailing towards understanding your disappointment and dealing with it in a healthier way. And that leads me into the next lesson that I have stated a few times is learning the different emotions can help us properly sort the good from the bad and see the distinction within that. For example, do you know the difference between contempt and disgust? Well, with contempt, we look down on another person and we want to exclude or ignore them. Slightly different than disgust, which is a more physical feeling, we want to avoid being poisoned, either literally or figuratively, by another. Therefore, disgust is something that arises when we actually feel an aversion towards something that is offensive. So we can feel disgust towards someone else or something like food <laughs> or something we really don't want to do that makes us feel that yucky feeling. So you can see the nuances and things that could seem similar, different feelings that really get pointed out in this book. Now, Benet Brown also says dehumanization continues to be one of the greatest threats to humanity. And dehumanization is a process. So it is the psychological process of making someone out to be an enemy and making them seem less than human, hence not worthy of humane treatment. And this can be seen in the political environment these days where it's really polarized and people are put on, quote, the other side and they're seen as dangerous or evil and we stop treating them with human decency, which can be really dangerous. Now, after reading this book, my personal favorite chapter is places you go when your heart is open. 
And I'll just give you a few takeaways from this chapter. Now, if you've ever had a broken heart, you know how bad it hurts. And I love this quote in this chapter. And it is, the brokenhearted are the bravest among us because they dared to love. And in this chapter, Benet Brown talks about trust and love, but also self-trust, which is normally the first thing that goes when we make a mistake or we fail. We stop trusting ourselves when we hurt others, get hurt, feel shame, or question our worth. And Benet Brown gives a great tool on how to build self-trust called braving. B stands for, did I respect my own boundaries? Or was I clear about what was okay and not okay? The R stands for, was I reliable? Did I say what I was going to do? So this takes a lot of not promising things you can't deliver on, right? Because being reliable cultivates trust in ourselves and others. A stands for, did I hold myself accountable? That's looking at your own actions and seeing, hey, did I stay within my own values? Am I acting according to who I believe I am? V stands for, did I respect the vault and share appropriately? The vault is our vulnerability, right? When am I sharing with people? How vulnerable am I being? I is, did I act from integrity. N stands for, did I ask for what I needed? Was I non-judgmental about my needing help? So if you have trouble asking for help, this one's a good one to work on. G is, was I generous towards myself? So I love this acronym for braving and how to build your own self-trust from this chapter. There is a lot in this book, and I barely scratched the surface. So if you are someone that's interested in the nuances of feelings and you want some good tools and tips for how to connect better with others and understand maybe what you're going through emotionally, great book. I highly suggest picking it up. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Self-Improvement Book Club. I'll see everyone next week. Have a great day.